Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business, said the same way just for you, Amanda, because you told me last week that you like the way I usually say it. (laughs) I do like the way you you typically say it. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is so cool and crazy to think that we have been doing Big Brave Business for more than a year now. Where has the time gone? It just blows my mind when I think about it. Like, as we're recording this, it's January the 10th. It's weird because I feel like the time has flown, but I also feel like so much has happened in the past year that I'm like, oh yeah, that's about right. Like it should be, <laughs> it should be 2024. But I feel, I feel like so much has happened specifically in the last like six months. It's crazy when you really take a look at it and, oh, are you feeling fatigued? Can you tell I'm a little fatigued? You know, it's funny. I have been in general, but yesterday was my first day back in meetings post-holiday. Like I took three weeks off of meetings, not off of work, but off of meetings for the holiday season. And I was dreading going back to a meeting calendar. But yesterday, every single meeting that I had was directly working toward what I said my goals for 2024 are. And that was such a good feeling. So actually, right now, I happen to be motivated. (laughs) That's so good. I have heard so many people say that they're having a slow start to their year. And I've definitely feel like that. I feel like this month is December. Like, I don't feel like I really dove all in like I wanted to just because so much is changing and happening in my personal life right now. I'm just kind of in a waiting place. So it doesn't really feel like I'm in a settled situation to be like, okay, it's January. Let's do this thing. It definitely feels like. I'm just in a very holding pattern, but I've heard a lot of people say they've had a slow start to the year. So it makes me feel a little bit better because I'm typically a resolutions kind of gal. I typically start doing something. I mean, I love a, I love a clean slate. This year is just kind of like fake it till you make it, you know? I think we've talked about resolutions before, but I think it's interesting the whole idea of a new year being some kind of milestone that then needs to be the marking point between who you used to be and who you're going to be now because that you can literally do that anytime. So I feel like we've got tons of time. It's yeah. fine. But it's interesting that you say that because I feel like I was totally ready to have a slow start to the year and then everybody like all our clients, et cetera, I feel like came hard on January 2nd. All of a sudden, literally, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like December was so chill. I got (laughs) so much project work done. A lot of my clients took December off or were traveling um, or didn't want to have meetings. And it was like bliss. I took on a new client in December that I had no intentions of doing it, but I'm like, I'm kind of slow. I'm kind of slow. Like maybe I could take somebody on. It's somebody who had been asking to work with me for almost a year and I kept putting her off because not because I didn't want to work with her, but just because I didn't have the bandwidth. Yeah. And so she came back around and I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this thing. And then January 1st came and hit me like a Mack truck. And I'm like, 
why did I take on somebody else? <laughs> now, now I'm like, oh, back to working till 9 p.m. But oh, no, it'll get better. All, it will get better. I just have to get back on top of it. Everybody came back ripping and roaring to your point, And I Seriously? was not expecting it. I was not expecting Me it. Me neither. On January 2nd, I was getting all these emails, all these requests, all these new projects from people that we work with. And I was like, didn't we like unspoken agree that this is a holiday week and we're not actually starting the new year until the second week of January? Which I will is say, like, what? yeah, um, last week I was like slammed with meetings and you were like, I'm not seeing anybody this week. This is still the holiday. And I was like, what? No, I was like in back to back meetings, some really exciting projects I'm very excited about um, for this year. But I definitely didn't get the week off like a first week of January. It was like crazy town, but it's all good things. Happy clients make me happy. So yeah, it was worth it. it. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about in this episode is actually doing like kind of 2024 predictions. We did that for 2023 and then we revisited them and we sort of said we stand by our predictions for 2023 from 2023 for 2024 like yep still feel that way yep still feel that way but we thought it would be interesting to look at kind of trend forecasting for 2024 and making predictions and to kind of do a spin on it i actually reached out to several of you and asked you what you think uh is coming for 2024 and in particular one thing i'm really feeling is you know, I have um, a membership and like I have had an online course. I have intentions to have online courses, but all that feels very dated to me. Like I'm starting to feel like online courses are so 2020. So I specifically reached out to people to say like, do you feel this? And also what do you think is replacing it? Like what's coming next? Online courses, everybody had one. Memberships, everybody has one. What's next? And so I thought it would be fun to kind of go through um, some other people's predictions and we could kind of react to them. Does that feel good to you? Yeah, that'll be really fun because when we were originally talking about doing this episode and like sharing what our predictions are, I was like, I only really have one prediction and it's going to get me in a lot of trouble because it directly affects like a lot of my clients. (laughs) But I think 2024, we're going to see, I'm not going to say the death of, but I'm going to say the transition from fatigue of coaching i think we everybody is a coach everybody is a coach everybody has a membership everybody has like some kind of like webinar live trainings like i feel like i don't like know why we- i got so nervous that you were gonna say like literally i started sweating that you were gonna say it's gonna be the fatigue of podcasts like i literally thought i was like are you about to start a fight like- you have never ever projected harder onto me than you just did in that moment no i would never i'm on a podcast no, I would never do that to you. Okay, coaching, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be the death of coaching. I really do. Not because I have any hard feelings or negative feelings about it one way or the other. Like I'm not that like I work with primarily coaches. Yeah. Um they are my bread and butter, but at the same time I see like so much fatigue around selling on social media and I think to my point that I shared last year which was I think with time, people are going to get so fatigued of people constantly selling and selling to them in their social media feeds. Mm-hmm. We're just going to see a major movement to more natural, organic type selling instead of this hardcore open cart type mm-hmm. selling that we currently have. I just see like my clients really, some of them struggling really hard to 
get the momentum back that they had not too long ago, mm-hmm. which to me tells me that we're, you know, people are getting tired of this, tired mm-hmm. of feeling like if everybody's a coach, then nobody's a coach. I'm a big believer in that. I think you're on to something. I feel like we're starting to see the beginning of a reckoning. Like coaching is just so unregulated. And I think we're starting to see the beginning of a reckoning. I, I think I read that and I should have pulled this up so I could confirm, but I think I read the the life coach school filed for bankruptcy after doing massive layoffs. Um, there's a lot of a lot more accounts out there that are calling out um, kind of toxicity. I think that yeah, I think this is the beginning of a reckoning, and I think we're going to start to see more holding people accountable, taking responsibility. Not Certainly, we work with plenty of really good coaches, but there are coaches out there who are not good coaches. And I think it, it's interesting to start to see people being held accountable and, and hopefully some pushes toward navigating a totally unregulated like wild west of an industry i think that's a really interesting direction to follow and i'd love to say i think that that's going to be like kind of the more mainstream path that's going to happen and i also feel like there are still coaches who are just thriving in the toxicity so it's hard to say yeah i'm interested i'm interested the one kind of i guess trend forecast my one one thing that i thought of that I was kind of leaning towards is last year I talked about private podcasts uh, being something that I thought was going to become more popular. And this year I'm going to say like limited series podcasts, you know, short bursts, even audio summits, like releasing content in the form of audio as opposed to um, focusing so hard just on video. So we, you know, we had all these video resources that became really, really popular a few years ago. And then I feel like now we're starting to move toward people want to be able to multitask while they're consuming that information. So releasing it in audio format, I feel like that's the one thing that really um, pops out to me. And I think we're seeing the podcasting space change a lot. Celebrity podcasts are huge and that makes it a lot harder for indie podcasters like us to get traction if the average podcast listener is only listening to seven or eight shows in their rotation at any given time then seven or eight of them are going to be celebrities where does that leave the independent podcasters right so i think it's getting a lot harder to do what we do <laughs> and to see like the growth and the traction and we're seeing that in in my business in our business that you work on too so that's interesting to kind of see those trends and sad to me but Anyways, so let's see what other people said. And I do want to mention too that my thoughts on like coaching declining is not from like a, I don't, I think you have more insight to like a negative or like a toxic standpoint. Mm -hmm. My thing is from a selling standpoint. I'm not saying that there, of course, there are people saying that they're coaches that aren't really coaches. My thought process is, is more for people who are, tired of being sold to I think we as a culture are coming to the point where like when you're constantly being sold to there is that fatigue there and that's Mm -hmm. really where I see like the decline is not so much on the unregulated side which of course there are anybody can say they're a coach now throw up a website and they can start selling I definitely think there needs to be some more accountability to like hey are you actually accredited I would also dare say that that could also be said about the church today Mm -hmm. but we won't go into that we do like Um, to make those parallels don't we (laughs) 
I mean, anybody can literally say that they're a pastor and they are, they don't have to have any kind of education, but that's a whole other shadoogle we won't open. So <laughs> anyway, just wanted to put that caveat in there. My standpoint comes from the lack of sellability just from that I'm seeing in my clients. I think people are tired, but very yeah. curious to hear what did these people think in our group? Okay. So Kelly said, I've just joined a brand new academy and believe me, I've bought all the courses and memberships, but this academy is different. The way it's set up with the growing community, the app they use 24 seven live chat, weekly calls and built by six female six figure coaches. It's the best one out there. Now she didn't say what it is, but I did ask what's the price point on this because I'm very curious with um, like an advanced app of some kind, she did not say 24 seven live chat that, I mean, that's not a 24 seven chat bot. That's live chat. That's a lot. Weekly calls and six people splitting the revenue. I was very curious, like how much does, does this cost? And she said, I don't mind sharing at all. It's two ninety seven up front. And then a two week free trial for the system. The system is then $97 per month, but you don't have to use their system. You can use their own. So I don't know what she's referring to. I don't really have a lot more info, but it is interesting to kind of look at this from, okay, so it's still a membership of some kind. It's still like buying into a community. So we're still looking at sort of online course slash membership formatting, but it sounds like elevated to a new level. What do you think about that? I think it's going to be necessary for people that want to continue to sell memberships. They're going to have to make it so sweet. I've shared this with you too. And you and I were talking originally mm -hmm. about having your membership is that it sounds like such a great idea for passable income, but because every single person has now started a membership or some kind of coaching or some kind of offer, it makes it where you have to sweeten the pot so much that it's not so much this like turnkey solution to increasing your revenue. It has now become where you have to offer so much stinking value that you have to have a team. It's very hard to do it by yourself and do it successful. I mean, look, listen to this six people. Um, are splitting the revenue on this, it sounds like. I can imagine that they have admin support people. I'm sure. Um, the amount of like added value you have to give, it's not just enough to give a webinar recording. It's not enough just to give trainings or provide a community aspect. Now we have to have 24-7 communication. <laughs> like that's, that's a lot of value there. I mean, a lot of value. So um, and that's not a, that's not a very expensive price point for that. I mean, I've got coaches Reed. that are $10,000 for a year worth of coaching and they offer a 10th of that. So I'm I think Reed. back to my point earlier, it's going to get to the point where it's no longer this like, Oh, I'm just going to start a membership and make more money. It's now getting to the point where to have your own app. To have your own, to pay for a Slack channel or to run a Facebook group, you have to have an admin to help you do that. I mean, it just becomes where I just, I just start asking people like myself, like how much are you actually making for the sake of being able to say that you have a membership? Because you're having, there, there is so much overhead now because of the amount of value that you have to provide to make it worth people's time. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of where my mindset goes. I agree. And I think piggybacking off of the coaching conversation and kind of when I called it a reckoning, I think these inf overinflated price points is another thing that people are fatigued by at this point. Like they see a program and they're just like waiting for the price point and they're like, of course, it's going to be five figures. Right. So when we see something that's 297, it's like, wait a second, that's actually 
that's actually reasonable. <laughs> so that's interesting. Okay. Jenny says, personally, I'm done with courses, but group programs with live meetings are still super valuable. I will agree. I have clients who do recordings and then clients who do live trainings. And when you ask them what they prefer, they will say the live trainings. And it's because people don't have time or don't prioritize. I'll say this. People don't prior. I don't do it. They don't prioritize. So just this um, past week, I will give them a shout out because I thought it was very well done. Her HQ has launched a membership called, I want to say it's called Club 88. And I signed up to, to view their free webinar and I watched the replay. I did go back and watch the replay, which is something I typically don't do because I think that they are doing really interesting things in similar spaces as we are. And took a look at their membership. Their membership is very affordable. I think it's just like $100, maybe less than that a month, maybe more, something in that range. Like I remember thinking it's fairly affordable. But I, I say all this to say the amount of people that are going to go back through and actually watch a recording are pretty dang slim. And people really need that. Again, it's that added perceived value of someone is taking out of their time to meet with me live, to tell me about their offer, coach me live. Like there's there's perceived value there. So I think it's just going to become more and more necessary to have it live. Yeah. So I want to say, too, I do offer live trainings in my membership. And one thing that's been interesting with regard to the replay, because nobody watches the replays, you're totally right. However, they listen to them. So I've put the audio only from those live trainings. And it's not the same because if you're live, there's slides, there's visual aids, all that. But they can also download the slides if they want to. But the um, the kind of private podcast version of the replays that definitely goes over well. Like people definitely are are interested in listening to it while they're on the go. So if you are somebody who is is feeling that pinch of like nobody's watching the replay, then uh, that's my recommendation is to throw it in a private podcast feed so they can listen to the audio only. Well, it's also kind of like what Dateline does. I mean, Dateline has their full episodes and then they put them into podcasts and I listen to them and I'm just as happy listening to them as I would be if I was watching the episode. So yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of um, a lot of valid points there. Okay, Jessica says, my clients tend to either want totally done-for-you services and are not interested in a course, or if they are a DIYer, they want something much more high-touch. I'm working on launching a very small exclusive group for DIY folks in the nonprofit marketing space that will mostly be live face-to-face meetings where they can have lots of direct screen time with me. Back to my point, man. I'm telling you, people want that personal touch. And it is going to be an awakening for these people who think that they can just do a couple of recordings and then have an evergreen product that just runs in the background and makes them money. I'm sorry. Hate me if you want to. Gone are those days. And I have clients that operate their business that way. It's just not feasible. You're going to have to show up. People want to see your face. People want to know you and they care about you showing up live. It's the perceived added value. It just is what it is. So, I mean, I hate it for people because I think people are like uh, a little spoiled, a little spoiled by just making one. This idea of passive income. Yeah. So Amy related, Amy says, I found that in my niche, my clients don't want to, or niche, (laughs) my clients don't want to learn. They want me to do it for them. She does digital marketing and basically gets her clients' leads. 
So that's kind of related to what Jessica said of people aren't wanting courses. They aren't wanting to learn. They aren't wanting to engage or expand. They want it done for them. That's good for us, the service providers. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Where it gets, you know, it is, I think I will say this. I feel like there are I have been telling everyone in my circle this. If you want to make more money, work for yourself from home being a freelancer. I mean, the amount of money that I can make. I'll give you a perfect example. Someone paid me over the holidays to go through hundreds, hundreds of YouTube videos and add a link to every single one of these videos. Do you want to know how much they paid me? I'll, I don't mind telling. I don't mind sharing. Guess how much know. they paid. Guess. Hundreds of videos, and you added a link. Just to went the through and added a link, just like manual project work, literally copying a link. One hundred and fifty dollars. No, ma'am, two thousand dollars. What? Now it took me. It took me a consecutive amount of like ten hours to do this. We're talking hundreds, okay. hundreds. Of videos. <laughs> That's a pretty okay. good rate, my friend. <laughs> it is, and that goes back to my point. If you are not working for yourself and you're not, you have the skills, like I just want to scream it from the rooftops. You have the skills that people are willing to pay for. If you have, if people can trust you, you have personality and you are a hard worker. Like you can do this. $2,000 over Christmas I made updating. I think it was like close to 600 videos. Okay. It took me a lot of time. However, they didn't have to do it. They needed it done. It was very important. I can't say who it was because it was a kind of a high profile person. But I will say it made their lives easier, you know, and so they were willing to pay for it. So basically get in while you can as a service provider is what I'm trying to say because the grass is green, my friends. Okay, I have a few more. Simone says, I don't see courses and memberships going away, but I do think gamification will be used more to keep people engaged. Live group programs will probably start to replace standard courses more and more because they want more human connection. Okay, yes. So we already talked about that. But what do you think about gamification? I think it's not helpful at all. And I'll tell (laughs) you why. I'll tell you why. I have worked with, so I had a client a couple years ago who did cryptocurrency education for like financial advisors and they, his company spent about $20,000 to develop a custom app that I helped with. Um, so it would gamify teaching and coaching their traditional financial advising clients how to invest in cryptocurrency, how to set up an app to track all this kind of stuff. And it would gamify it. And it was going to actually pay you to educate yourself, okay, through this app that they have created. Nobody even downloaded it outside of the country. And when I say they did massive amounts of marketing, I just have a hard time believing this like gamification unless it's, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what you could give someone to inspire them enough to want to learn that much. I just don't see where that would work. How about you? Does that sound like something you would do? Um, so I think it's hard to do well, although it sounds like they invested in, in the technology for people who would know a lot about gamification. So that's an interesting, I guess, anecdote, but I feel like I heard somebody coaching on gamification maybe a year ago and it made me really curious and I actually like got a book, an audio book from Audible about gamification. And as I was reading that book, Honestly, all I could think is the person who coached on it doesn't understand what gamification actually is. So that was really interesting. Um, I think 
gamification can be effective and it can be ineffective. I think you have to already have a great program and then add gamification. I don't think that's going to make it work. Okay, Jamila says, the next wave is teaching and engaging through AI bots, simply teaching the bot, allowing it to do the work for you, creating a more customized lesson for your students. What do you think about that? I would uh, love to know how that works for her in six to eight months. Come back and let us know. I don't know this person. I'm not being rude, but I will uh, say in the words of Liam Nielsen, good luck. That was a taken reference from anybody. No? Okay. People are looking for accountability. This is Kate. People are looking for accountability and support. It's not easy to finish a course when left to your own devices. I will say I do Um, agree with that. I do agree with that. Workshops in small groups, still great and popular. In addition, with more AI workshops and personal delivery still allow you, the instructor, to stand out. So she's kind of saying, like, I think how we battle against the AI bots is by showing up live because that's something a bot can't do. Absolutely. Okay, we have just a couple, just a couple to go. Okay. Alessa (laughs) says, agree, online courses are so 2020 and now everyone and their dog has a podcast. I will say, I will say everybody, it does feel like everybody has a podcast. So I'm going to reiterate what I tell people when they get on exploratory calls with me afraid of that, which is that um, actually there's still less than 4 million podcasts total on the internet and less than half of them have released new content in the past 90 days. So most of them are inactive. So really, you're there's really only about like one and a half million active podcasts out there on the internet. It feels like everybody has a podcast. That's actually not true. Really, though, it is harder than ever to grow a podcast right now as an independent person. And that is because of all the celebrity noise. So I'm not going to say it's easy to just start a podcast and go viral. But um but it is you hang out with cool people if you feel like everybody around you has a podcast. That just means you hang out with really amazing people who are using their voices. Um, okay. Not, let's see. Eloise says, not everyone gets through a course or a coaching program successfully, no matter how excellent the course is. That's why most people end up overwhelmed and lead. it leads to them acquiring an all-done-for-you service. Maybe this year some courses or programs that are business-based would also offer done-for-you for those who... Okay, so I'm not quite sure where she was going with that last sentence, but um, sounds like some of the stuff we've talked about. It's just interesting, this whole idea of people not getting what they need from a course or not having success completing a course, so therefore wanting done for you. Okay, last one. Monica said, I believe diversifying your suite of offerings is the future and people want better experiences and more interaction. With AI, people have access to information but get overwhelmed by implementation. Courses are still great, but it has to be a hybrid experience that includes live consistent interaction. So everybody's kind of saying the same thing, live interaction. Yeah, everybody's hungry for it. People are just, I think, I mean... Anybody can go to Google and get some kind of education, but they're paying to have your expertise and your face in their business. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's just going to be more and more expected. So I did not realize So the question that you asked in the group, was it just around coaching? It was actually about courses. It was, it feels like everyone is offering online courses and memberships and it's starting to feel a little dated. In your opinion, what trends are you forecasting that all the online businesses will be jumping on in 2024 or in the next few years? 
So, and it's not, we don't have a group at the moment, but it was in somebody else's group for female entrepreneurs. Um, and I actually posted in a couple of groups, but that's just one of them because I really wanted to see what other people were forecasting before we did our predictions. I was like, let's see what other people have to say. And then I was like, you know what, this would be fine. Let's just like actually share other people's perspectives. So anyway, that's what, that's what the buzz is among women in, uh, online business. And I'm curious what you think if you're, you know, you listening to this, jump into our DMs on Instagram. That's the main place you can find us both at the same time, really easily at big brave business. Um, or you can find Amanda individually at Amanda Nelson reads me individually at Sarah K heater, but tell us what you think. What are your reactions and responses to some of the stuff? Some other people said, what are your predictions? What are your trend forecasts? And maybe we'll end up sharing it in the next episode, but Anyways, thank you so much for being here. And as always, Amanda, it's a pleasure. <laughs> it's been so fun catching up. Here's to 2024. Here we Good go. Coming. Bye, guys. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>